Hey everybody, God bless you. This is Pastor Jonathan with Church of Jubilee. Welcome to our podcast. Yeah, no, I pray that the Lord blesses you tremendously through this message. I believe that the Lord has word for you and there is a reason why you're listening to our podcast. You know, Jeremiah was called from a young age and being called from a young age, his first initial response to the Lord was to look upon his own physical limitations. He looked at the fact that he was too young and that he would not know what to say. But the Lord totally, completely changed his way and his mindset and really instructed him to understand that it is the Lord who qualifies the call. It is God who is going to do the works inside of him. And now putting into perspective with you, God will do what he needs to do in you. But we are not to look upon our physical limitations or what we can't do. Don't focus on what you can't do. Because with God, all things are possible. I pray that this message may bless you. Enjoy it. Share it. Please get the word out. Hallelujah. So as you are there standing, let's go to the book of Jeremiah. That's right. The book of Jeremiah chapter 1. Not Jeremiah 29, 11. Everybody knows that verse. That's a powerful verse. But that's not the one we're preaching about today. The book of Jeremiah chapter 1 verses 4 through 8 and when you have it say amen all right praise God you're getting fast I love it you guys are getting fast either that you're ready into that book or you really know you know your um, your way around that the, the, the old testament there let us go before the Lord and read the word of the Lord came to me saying Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Because you were born, I set you apart. Before you were born, I set you apart. I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. At last, sovereign Lord, I said, I do not know how to speak. I am too young. But the Lord said to me, do not say that I am too young. The Lord said to me, do not say I'm too young, but you must go to everyone that I send to you and say whatever I command you. Do not be afraid of them, for I am with you and I will rescue you, declares the Lord. I've entitled my message today, Too Young for the Call. You may have your seats giving glory to God. Too Young for the Call. If you ever get a chance, I encourage you to read the book of Jeremiah. Because you'll find that Jeremiah was unlike any of the other prophets that ever existed. Hallelujah. He was a younger prophet, a super young prophet. And he himself even came in to doubt himself and been like, what? What are you going to call me? So here's the background of what's happening there in Jeremiah's time. Israel, good old Israel, amen. Israel has begun to rebel against God and Israel has been Israel every time that God has moved in Israel's life what do they do they go to idols they go worship gods they turn to themselves they become they become uh, perverted they start doing things they shouldn't do everything that God says that um, you know that they shouldn't be doing they say I'm gonna go do and then they forget that they have a God and it's not until God has to bring them to repentance you catching this he has to bring them to repentance is when they finally say oh my gosh we you are the Lord Almighty that that said that you're gonna take us to the promised land 
So the good old Israelites, here we are finding, you know, we find themselves, they find themselves again. We find them turning to idols, going, worshiping false gods. And here's the thing, they rebelled against the only person, or it wasn't a person, but the only entity, the only God that ever existed to protect them. They rebel against him. Does this sound familiar? Amen? Does not the world we live in sound like this? Right? It's not too hard to realize that the world we live in today has a lot of what the Israelites had and what they struggled. You see, the devil has nothing new. Well, all he does is recycle old memories, old past. He recycles old material. He has nothing new. He comes to you the same way he came to the Israelites. And he brings idols before you, not like a real idol at times, but things that you put before God. So the devil has no new tricks is what I want you to understand. The same devil that tempted Israel and got him into all that mess is the same devil that's tempting the world today. Amen? But it was Israel's rebellion that had angered God and got him to the point where he needed him to repent. So he says, I'm going to call upon a prophet, a young man, a young boy, if you want to say. Some versions say young boy. Um, some other versions say I am of youth, my young youth. Um, bottom line, we know that this young kid probably was in his teens to the 20s age around that time. That's what has been estimated. Uh, there's no for sure date, but that's what they estimate based on language and where he was at. And, but here's the thing. This young man was to go and do something miraculous that no one else would have been able to do. He was called by God to go to these nations. Think about this. If it was almost like if, if, if we had to get you to go talk to the United States and tell them a message from God before all these millions of people, how would you feel? Right? So God calls this young man to carry out a task that would be the end of his social life. He knew that once he got into the, the seat of a prophet, that was it. He was not going to have any friends. His own people were going to betray him. They weren't going to love him because of the word that was going to come forward from his mouth was not going to be what they wanted to hear. So the moment that he got into the prophecy, into being a prophet in the office of a prophet, is the moment he knew that his whole life, as far as being popular and social in a good way, was going to end. So when you start preaching the word of God, this is why I tell you that. Because anytime you become an ambassador of Christ, anytime you become somebody that says, I'm going to go and, and preach the word of God, you're not the favorite person anymore. As a matter of fact, people won't hang around you anymore. They won't want to be around you. You know why? Because your spirit convicts them. The spirit of God that lives in you convicts them. And they don't want that. They want to be able to sin freely. They want to be able to enjoy that nice beer. They want to enjoy that, that, that last hit they're going to take with the drug that they're going to take. They don't want somebody who represents God to be around them. So we understand one thing, that being a Christian isn't an easy walk, amen? It's not a, a bed of roses where, oh, you're the favorite person of all. On the contrary, people look at you and they're going to be the first to judge you. They're going to be the first to criticize you. They call you hypocrites because they, they want to believe that, hey, you live just like me and you sin just like me. Yeah, that's true. But we, have a, we go to God with repentance. And Israel had not learned to repent, Israel was still in that whole mode where, let me sin how I want to sin. I want to do what I want to do, and I know God has promised upon us that we're going to go to the promised land. But right now, we talked about it last, time, last Sunday, we're just stagnant. We're just going to be who we are. Let us sin in peace. Jeremiah, Moses, Joshua. But he had an assignment. Jeremiah 
had a calling upon his life. He had a mission. And when you're called from God, no matter how much you try to run from it, you cannot run. And if you try to run, you get maybe a few distance, and then God catches up to you. You cannot, you cannot outrun the ministry and the talent that God has given you. You can't outrun it. It is in you. It has been chosen before the nations were created, before the foundations of the earth was set. I believe that God had your name in heavenly language on a, on a big old wall that has your name, and it had your heavenly name, but it had the purpose you were born for. Isn't that so powerful? That you're not just because you're a human, another human being doesn't mean you're the same as everyone else. You have a special anointing, a special calling upon your life. And this is what Jeremiah faced. But many of the times Jeremiah, he, he struggled. He struggled with delivering the word because it was so, re, read the book of Jeremiah, you'll understand. It was so harsh. It was so like, there was, okay, back in the days when God would speak, it wasn't with, with a lot of like, love the way with the new testament speaks okay it was more about hey you messed up you better repent or or this and jeremiah was known as the weeping prophet the reason why he was known as the weeping prophet is because he cried tears he had a burden for his people for the people of god he had a burden for them saying man if i don't step if i don't deliver this message as hard as it is they're going to suffer and they're going to perish when is the last time that you had a burden for the lost? When is the last time that you had a burden for somebody that's not like you? So they don't have a car like you. So they don't dress like you. So they can't afford the things you do. When is the burden that, where's the burden that you have for them? Because if we don't have a burden for them, why do we exist? But Jeremiah says something that I think you and I can relate to. He says, he tells God, get this, okay? So God comes and says, I'm calling you. And then he says, but God, I don't know how to speak. I am young. <laughs> it's like, hey, how many of you have been there? Let's all raise our hands because we've all been there, amen. It's like God calls you and you're like, God, I don't know how. God, I know you've called me, but I don't know what to do. What will I do? What will I say? How will I react? Oh my gosh, God. How, who, what, when, where, and how, God? I don't understand these things. Isn't that what Jeremiah said? I don't know how to speak. I'm young. Other versions might say, I cannot speak. I am only a youth. But here's what I want you to take away, church. Here's the impact of the word that's going to sow seed in you right now. He, he, Jeremiah begins to focus on his physical limitation. He begins to focus on his logical reasoning, which means he decides to focus on what he can make sense of. And let me tell you something, that God's ways you cannot make sense of sometimes. You just have to trust and know that God is God. Hallelujah. Amen. He doesn't need your permission to move. He doesn't have to ask you to move in, his, in your life. He's going to do what he's going to do because because he is God. Amen. Amen. I wish I was talking to somebody that understands that. That there is a God that doesn't need your or I permission to move on behalf of you. Right. And we might say, how God? I'm not a pastor. I'm not a minister. I'm not an evangelist. God, I need that title to do what I need to do. No, you don't. No, you don't. Because if God has called you to do something, he's called you to do it. 
Amen. You don't have to have that, that whole, I mean, yes, it's great to have the education part of it. It's great to study up on things. But if you don't have it and God's calling you, you don't have to sit there and dwell over, well, God, I cannot be used because I'm not like this, God. Or I can't be like this because I'm not like that. I'm not like that person, God. Stop making excuses. Stop making excuses. Because that's the same thing Jeremiah did. He looked at God and said, me? I don't even know what to say. I'm only a kid. I'm only a kid. What am I going to say? You want me to go talk to kings? When, if, if somebody says something in front of the king, the moment they say it, he doesn't like it, he's like, go kill him. <laughs> like literally, go take him out and kill him. Get, get this guy out of here. And you want this young boy, Jeremiah said, to go to a king? To go through nations of prophets that had like 80 years of, of being in the service and the ministry of Christ or, or in their own ways of, of, of worshiping God. They're high priest and there was a formal process. And, and you want me to go to them? You want me to go deliver a message? Okay, God. <laughs> okay. How many of us have had that mentality? God's calling you, and we're sitting there making excuses. I can't, God, because I'm not ready. I don't feel qualified enough, God. I can't go do this because it's just not me, God. That's just not me. That's pastor's job. That's sister, sister Becca's job. Or that's sister Rachel or sister Monty's job. Or brother Juan's job. That's not my job. I'm just a guy that sits in the pews, God. I don't want to. I can't do that stuff. I don't have it in me. Oh, no, but you do. You do have it in you. Because you've been called. Amen? Look to your neighbor and say, too young for the call. But you're actually not too young for the call. Amen? And I did that message because I wanted to capture your attention of somebody who's young feeling that they're not qualified enough. Feeling that they'll never complete the shoes that God has for them. I'll never fit in those shoes, God. And God's saying, don't worry about fitting in. Just get into them. Hallelujah. And I will start growing you in the process. I will start growing your foot. I will start making that foot filled with nice and full. I am the one who will do that. I've heard many people say this. They say, you know, I just don't feel ready to carry on a conversation. I just can't talk about God because what do I talk about? Okay, Jeremiah. <laughs> You're going to speak? God says, he told Jeremiah, I will give you what to speak. I will tell you what to speak, when to speak it, how to speak it. And I'm here to tell you today that the Lord has given me this message for every one of us in this church today and everyone that's following online to know that this, that you have to understand that you don't have to understand God's ways. You just got to start speaking. Start speaking upon the word of God. Start speaking upon the love of God, what God has done in your life. You see, people don't want to just read about God. They want to know God. They want to know the God that's in you first before they know the real God. Because they're going to say, if she can do it, if he can do it, then I believe it. Because I remember when he was a drunk. But we have an enemy, amen? And he comes around, and he wants you to feel that you're unworthy, Brother Juan. That you're unworthy, Brother Raul. He wants you to feel that you don't have enough in you to do it. That you'll never amount to what God wants you to do. That you're a failure, and that every time that you try to do something, things don't go right. So in the reality, all it does is get you to disqualify yourself. And then you back out of it and say, yeah, he's right, God. <laughs> I'll never be God. Look at me. I don't have a degree. I don't, I, I didn't, I'm not an evangelist. 
I mean, you can say amen to that. That God is speaking. Hallelujah. If he, can't disqualify, if he can disqualify you and get you to just not believe in yourself and the gift that God has given you, then he's done his job. The logical way to think is like Jeremiah. And let's be real. If we were in that situation and God appeared today and said, go do this, many of us would probably feel like Jeremiah. No, God, not me. God, just go choose someone else, please. I can't do this, God. It's too hard. It's too difficult. I'm not prepared enough. I'm not read up and qualified enough. I can't do it. I have so much junk. God, I mean, have you seen my life? It's a mess. And God's saying, who cares about all that? I will complete the process. Just get into the process. Amen? And God, and, and here's the thing. When we begin to think upon our own limitations, that's when we start thinking according to our own logic and not God's logic. Because God's logic says, come to me and trust me. Trust me. But God, I can't. doesn't matter. Trust me. But God, how about, th- no, doesn't matter. Trust that I know the way. Hallelujah. Amen. So some of us might be sitting there, or you're following Facebook Live, you may be thinking to yourself, what does this all have to do with today, with me? I want you to know that the Lord has called you out. He has, here's what you got to understand. You're not just sitting here in a body wasting your life. You're here because you have a purpose. But if we're like Jeremiah and the first thing we think about is all our limitations, we will never break through to the point where God wants to take us. Amen. And if I can encourage someone today, get yourself out of the pity party that, hey, how come brother and sister Joyful over there, they're always being blessed? How come brother and sister Joyful has a ministry and I don't have a ministry? How come they get to pick up the offering and I don't get to pick up the offering? Or how come, how come I, I, I see that, you know, they're, they're just doing this and they're doing that and I don't get in there and all that? Stop worrying about that. God has a place for you. Amen. You have your own unique anointing that's nothing like anyone else's. It's specific to you just like Jeremiah's was. But if you sit there and tell God, God, but I can't do it. Because look at them. They're better than me. You're never going to get anywhere. Amen? He doesn't need your permission to manifest his greatness in you. Hallelujah. He doesn't need your logical reasoning to qualify whether someone is called from God, whether someone is not called from God. You'll know if they're called from God because your spirit will instantly tell you, hallelujah. The spirit of God will move inside of you. I wonder if we have any Jeremiah's in the house today. But in the good sense, hallelujah. I wonder if there's people that, that can relate to what Jeremiah was saying. Maybe you feel inadequate. Maybe you feel you aren't good enough for God to use you. You don't feel holy enough. That's a favorite one of the Pharisees. You're not holy enough to do what God wants you to do. You got to go, go be holy first. Go be holy. And then when you're holy, then you come back to me. That's never going to happen. Because we're never going to be holy. But we serve a God who's holy. And we are to live according to his holiness in the word of God. Amen. This is how we get holy is we read the word of God. The more of him that's in us, the more of him we reflect, the more of his holiness shines through us. Hallelujah. There's nothing that we can personally do to get to that holiness, holiness, holiness area. You have to understand that the closer you are to God, the more he'll reflect in you. The more he reflects in you, the less you'll have of you. Hallelujah. Amen. You look at your long list of faults and your sins. 
and although you've repented of, of them, you still hold yourself hostage. <laughs> and your past holds you hostage and says, remember that? You can't move because of that. I know God's speaking to someone today. Someone who needs to be encouraged today. Someone I believe that God said, you know what? I'm ready to call you into something greater. But you got to stop beating yourself up to where you can't move forward. Hallelujah. You have to move forward in my purpose. You have to be ready because if you're thinking about the right time, the right moment, you're, you're waiting for that, that be ready season that you're going to be perfect, it's never going to come. It's never going to come. You'll never feel ready enough to fulfill the work of God if you don't take the first step. God didn't tell Jeremiah to wait until he was in the right moment, until he was perfect. God, Jeremiah, I'm going to call you, but I'm going to wait a few years so that you can mature a little bit. And then when you mature, I'm going to call you. God said, I'm talking to you to go do, and I have a purpose for you. I need you to go do this. And Jeremiah's like, whoa, whoa, what, 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 me? But I'm only a young person. What will I say? But the Lord says in the word of God that he had called Jeremiah, and this promise is for us as well, that he has called you before your mother's womb. I want you to think about that. For those of you who are expecting mothers, you know what it's like. Before your baby was in your womb, okay, the babies you have on your way, God already knows who they are. They, he knows. He has their name written. He says, I need you to go into this world, and I have a purpose for you. I think that is so amazing that before we could even love ourselves, before we could even realize who we were, God says, I already know who he is. I know how he's going to grow. I know she, how she's going to grow. I know what she's going to do. I know how she's going to think. I know what she's going to struggle with. I am the God that knows it all. Hallelujah. I'm talking, about, I'm talking about a Jesus that we serve. Man, I'm telling you what, that was, that's just powerful right there. You know, God is, knows all in all things alone. Hallelujah. And if he called a baby before they were in their womb, that's, that just tells you how the level of intimacy he has with your soul. Is he not the lover of your soul? He is known as the lover of your soul. Before you knew who your soul was, he knew who you were. Before you even knew that you were going to be a boy or a girl, he already knew who you were. He knew what gender you were going to have. There's no mistake in the gender that you have. He knows exactly who you are, when you are, where you're going to be, how you're going to live, etc. Hallelujah. Amen. Why don't we give God a round of applause for that? Hallelujah. Because he is a great God. Yes, God. Thank you, Jesus. God has called you to be greater. You know, God speaks to Jubilee a lot on calling. And the theme of this year was to grow the body and activate the calling. Activate the calling, grow the body. Activate the calling, grow the body. That's the theme for this year. And I believe that the Lord has been speaking to his church. But here's the thing. You have to do something with what is being said. What is being preached. You cannot just be a hearer that you sit there and you just hear everything and it just goes, and it goes, you have to apply it to your life for it to be effective. You have to walk around knowing that the calling that God has given you isn't just anybody else's calling. It's a calling that comes from God, but it's to you. It's to you specifically. And some of us haven't been moving forward because we begin to focus on our own limitations. 
We're so worried about what we can't do, what we can't do in our business, in my job. Um, we, we have a saying that we talk to our customers, and here, you're a customer, so you understand this. You don't want to hear what the customer service rep can't do. It just burns people up. And on calls, it's the same way. In my call center, it's the same way. If you go and tell a customer who's upset about something that, that, that they, you cannot do something, they lose, you lose them completely. And then they get all mad and they ask for a supervisor. But if you change the way the approach is and you say, what I can do for you is, you're still saying in a way, I can't do this, but what I can do for you is this. And what I want you to take back from that is God is telling you, stop worrying about what you can't do and start focusing on what you can do. Hallelujah. Because what you can do is what I can do with you. When you step into the greatness of God, you step into the calling of God, everything else shall be added. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Not, not seek you first the kingdom of God and your flesh or, and, and your pity party or your selfishness or whatever. Seek you first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things shall be added. God's first step says, take a step, period. And I will fulfill the rest. Amen. Amen? I've said this before and I want you to understand. People do not want to, they don't really care so much for the word right off the bat. They don't want to hear what Genesis 1-1 says, Acts 2-38 says, John 3-16 says at the moment. They want to first see it in you. Do you have a God that lives in you? Because if they can't see God in you, then you're being a bad example. They should see God in you. They should know God in you. And they should want to know more about the God that lives inside of you. They want to see that God is alive, but we got to show him he's alive. You got to stay plugged in. Hallelujah. People need to see that there is nothing impossible for the one and only true king, hallelujah, that he will give you the words at the right moment. you got to trust God that he will give you the right words to minister to somebody. Just what they need to hear, he's going to give it to you. All you have to do is say, God, close your eyes. Or when you're talking to somebody, in your mind, God, what word do you have for this person today? And I guarantee you, just like Jeremiah, God's going to just speak in your mouth. And it's going to start speaking words of encouragement to that person. I, you know why I know that? Because it's happened to me. He would give you the speaks. The Lord said to Jeremiah, do not say I'm too young. You must go to everyone and, and I will send you and say whatever I command you to. But then the Lord says this, and this is what I want you to understand. It doesn't matter what you have to lose along the process of the journey. He says, do not be afraid of them, for I am with you. I will rescue you, declares the Lord. Hallelujah. So it's time to get off of the church couch. Amen. We got a lot of church couch potatoes, people that are just love to be on the couch. Get off of the couch, amen. Step into the game and start winning some souls for Jesus because this church needs to grow. The body needs to grow. We need, we need the body of Christ to be ever filled with more hungry people for God. But if you're there with your potato chips, Doritos in particular is one of my favorite, and you're there eating Doritos all day. On the church couch potato, as a couch potato, you're not winning anybody. But it's time. If you haven't given your life to Jesus Christ, it's time that you know him as the lover of your soul. Hallelujah. You have to give your life to Christ. You have to give it to him. You can't just be 
sitting on the sideline. You have to get in the game. And for everybody that is saved, you have to start moving, church. You got to let God start moving in your ministry. Hallelujah. I like this verse. I heard this yesterday and it's very powerful. Let us all stand. The book of Psalms, Psalms 1, verses 1 through, 1 through 3. I'll send you off with the promise here that you can just, this word is so good. And I'll tell you this, every time that I read this, it's just, it's almost like I get a bite of something. And it's just like, man, it's just so filling. It's just so good. So if I were you, I would mark this down in your phones, write it down, make sure you memorize it because it's powerful. It says this, blessed is the one who does not walk in the step with the wicked. Hallelujah. Stop right there and understand what that means. Jeremiah wasn't somebody because he walked with the wicked and became like everyone else. He was, with, he was someone that said, I walk with God and I walk with he alone. And the word of God says in that verse 1, Blessed is the one who does not walk in the step with the wicked or stand in the way that sinners take or sit in the company of mockers. Your life is not to be like everyone else's. It's to be different. Hallelujah. We went over that. Verse 2. But his delight is in the law of the Lord. And on it, who does he meditate, it, meditate on it day and night? His word. And who meditates it on it? His law day and night. That is so powerful. God is saying, blessed is the one who, who lives not in the wicked ways and the ways that the sinners take, but his delight is in the law of the Lord and he meditates it on day and night. Guys, church, women, whatever you want, you know, whatever we address ourselves as with Christian, young men, young women, you have to understand that God is instructing us to meditate on his word, on the law, day and night. And here's the promise. That the person is like a tree planted by streams of water. Get this. This is the promise for you. Which yields fruit in its season and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever they do will prosper. Come on, Jeremiah. I'm talking to somebody today who knows and they're confident that as long as they meditate on the word day and night, as long as the word of God is found and the law is found in their hearts, God says this to them today, that whatever they do will prosper. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Brother Juan, if you could give me a hand here. Hallelujah. I want to leave you with this as I continue on with the altar procession. The more that you know his word... The more word you will have. The more that you know his word, the more word you're going to have. What does that mean? It means the more that you know his, about his word, the more you're going to have to speak about it. The more you're going to have substance in your words. You're going to be fulfilled in your word. You're gonna be, God's going to be able to move through it. But if you can't get your, your, yourself lost in this word right here, studying in the word, you're going to have nothing to say. Those of you who feel that you're inadequate, that you can't speak the words, it's probably because you have not spent enough time meditating on the law day and night. Hallelujah. Because God says, you know, you, whatever you do will prosper. But if you meditate on his law day and night. I know I was speaking to some Jeremiah's today in the church. Who feel that they're just, they couldn't do it. That they can't do it. 
But when God, once God calls you, He calls you. You feel it. it it's like a, a tugging inside your spirit. And you put it off and say, that's just probably me. That's just probably me. You have dreams. You have visions. God has given you visions, dreams, desires to do things great. He gives you these things so that you can act upon them. Not to hold them in a little treasure box and these are my dreams and my visions. Open it up. No, 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 no. No, they got to stay brand new. He puts them in your heart and in your spirit. He does it because he wants you to use them. If you sit in church sometimes and you sit there and you think, man, I would love to do a concert. Man, I think we should do a concert that has invited a lot of people and all that. That's the vision God's given you. Move on it. Move on it. Act upon it. Come on, somebody. Is God speaking to you today? Hallelujah. You see, God doesn't want sleeping ministries in the church. There's no time for it. God doesn't need Jeremiah's at the very beginning that focus on their limitations. God needs Jeremiah's that at the second part of that, of the whole scripture and chapter that he says, I'll do it. I'll do it, God. Whatever you say, I will do it because I trust you, God. Hallelujah. Isn't he a mighty God? You can't be too young for the calling. You can't be too young for the calling. Because when God calls you, wherever you're at, it's time to move. I'm going to open up this altar, and I'm going to ask that you come forward.